23rd of June 2016, the British people voted to leave the European Union over 40 years after entering the European Union in 1973. This sparked Prime Minister David Cameron to resign. Theresa May, a vote-stay politician, became Britain's Prime Minister. Her bold statement of Brexit means Brexit was accepted as a clear direction forward. The Prime Minister's government was challenged at the Supreme Court, where they lost and would be forced into putting the Brexit deal to Parliament for ratification. Almost a year later, on the 29th of March 2017, the British government invoked Article 50 of the Treaty of the European Union, which set March 29, 2019 as the date that Britain was to leave the EU. For over a year, Brexit negotiations ground on without much progress at all. Theresa May gambled by calling an election during the month of May, which cost her the majority in the House of Commons and forced her to make a deal with the Democratic Unionist Party to prop up the government. May's checkers deal, her Brexit plan, caused ministers David Davis and Boris Johnson and eventually even Dominic Raab all to resign from the government, along with many others. May's deal could not receive enough backing to pass the British Parliament and looks doomed to fail in a vote that has been pushed off till mid-January 2019. Calls for a second referendum are even being made. So, have we got it wrong with Brexit? While we do not know how Britain's extraction from the European Union is going to take place, but we know it is a foregone conclusion based on different destinies outlined by the Bible for the European Union and Britain. Consider an overview of the European Union as symbolized in Bible prophecy. First, it is identified with the successor of Rome in the divided iron-clay toe kingdoms of Daniel's image, during whose time the kingdom of God is going to be established. We read in Daniel 2, verses 41 to 44, Whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it the strength of the iron, forasmuch as thou sawest that iron was mixed with iron and miry clay. And in the days of these kings, it continues in verse 44, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So it was during the toe kingdoms that the kingdom of God is set up. Now the second point to note is that the toe kingdoms are destroyed with the image when the little stone, the kingdom of God, smites the image, as you read in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 35. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken in pieces together and became like chaff of the summer flushing floor. And the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them, and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain that filled the whole earth. Now the third thing to note is that the European Union is also identified with the horns of Daniel's fourth beast, which had ten horns, like the ten toes, and these are identified with the ten kingdoms. We read in Daniel 7, verse 24, the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall arise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. So those ten horns arise out of Daniel's fourth beast, which of course is the Roman Empire. Now the fourth thing to note is that these will be destroyed with the beast at the coming of Christ because of the blasphemy of the little horn that comes up amongst them, as we read in verse 11. I beheld then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even until the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. 
Now, our fifth point is that Daniel's beast is found in the book of Revelation, where it goes through a metamorphosis. Its last phase is that of the great red beast with ten horns on which the woman rides in Revelation chapter 17. We read in verse 3, He carried me away in spirit in the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Now, the sixth point is that the ten horns are identified with ten kingdoms, just like the toes of the image, and these kingdoms pull their sovereignty together to form the last beast phase, as we read in chapter 17, verses 12 to 13. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast." Now, the seventh point is that these ten-horned kingdoms are destroyed, like the toe kingdoms of Daniel 2 and the horned kingdoms of Daniel 7, when they make war with Christ and the saints. We read of this in chapter 17 and verse 14. These, that is the horns, shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Now, Britain has an entirely different destiny. We have considered comprehensively in the Bible and the news over the past few years and in the Bible magazine how Britain is identified with Tarshish. The Tarshish nation is found to be involved in the restoration of the Jews and the establishment of the kingdom of God. It was to be the ships of Tarshish that would be involved in the restoration of Israel to the land, as the prophet Isaiah spoke about in chapter 60 verses 9 to 10. Surely the isles shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish first, to bring thy sons from far, their silver, their gold with them, unto the name of the Lord thy God, and to the Holy One of Israel, because he hath glorified thee. And the sons of strangers shall bring up, build up thy walls, and their kings shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy upon thee. Well, this was partially fulfilled in the role Britain would play in removing the Ottoman Turks from Palestine, paving the way for the creation of the state of Israel. In the time of the end, when the nations of Europe do come against Israel, Britain will be allied with the young lion nations, and with Sheba and Dedan in protesting Russia and Europe's invasion of the land. We read in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 8, verses 8 to 9, After many days thou shalt be visited, in the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword, and is gathered out of many people, against the mountains of Israel, which have always been waste, but is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely all of them. Thou shalt ascend, and come like a storm, and thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands, and many people with thee. And we continue to read in verse 13 that Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions thereof shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods and a great spoil? So we see here the Tarshish nations are not participants in the invasion like the European nations, but rather are protesters against it. Now, when David's son is established on his throne in Jerusalem, the Tarshish nation will be suppliant to him and will not be destroyed like the nations of Europe. We read in Psalm 72, verses 10 to 11, Give thy judgment, give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness to the king's son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness and the poor with judgment. The kings of Tarshish and of the isle shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. 
So we see from these few passages entirely different destinies for Britain and the nations of Europe. So when we come back to Brexit, we have to consider what is going on in terms of Bible prophecy. Now, many have pointed out that Prime Minister Theresa May was a Remainer during the original Brexit vote, campaigning for Britain to stay in Europe. When the vote failed to go the way of the establishment in Britain, David Cameron resigned, and Theresa May was catapulted into the leadership position, even though she didn't support the direction the country had decided to go. Has Theresa May been involved in a Brexit and not a Brexit, sabotaging the vote to leave Europe? Well, this is certainly the view of Nigel Farage interviewed this past week. Uh, the people had a vote, uh, despite being threatened by everybody and told it would be terrible for us economically and everything else. We were big enough and ugly enough to say, do you know what? We want to be free. We want Brexit. The difficulty is Parliament just doesn't accept that still. And that's why two years and nine months on, we're still struggling uh, with this. this. This will come to a head in, in January. Second, third week of January will be the absolute key moment where we understand where we're going. Uh, Mrs May's negotiated a deal, but it's a dreadful deal, as we've discussed already. Um, and there are then two options. One is we leave on what's called World Trade Organization rules, and that's the basis at the moment that we trade with America and China. Uh, there's nothing to be scared of, but of course the globalists are telling us that would be awful. Right. That's one option, uh, and I cross everything and hope that's what happens. And even if we do have a bit of short-term disruption, because all change in life, you, you know, you move house, there's a, there's a bit of disruption. Right. Um, and I hope that happens passionately. My fear is that the establishment just do not respect the result and they're going to do their damnedest to try and make us vote again, hmm. which seems totally extraordinary, but it could come to that. And what I'm doing, what I'm doing is I'm preparing for every eventuality. It would be criminally negligent of me to pretend that there's no prospect of a second referendum. Right. So I'm getting ready and rebuilding the People's Army. And you know something? If they want to take me on again next time, It'll be no more Mr. Nice Guy from me. Now, we shouldn't be dismayed if there is a second referendum or lose faith in the clear destiny of Britain and Europe as outlined in the Bible. Don't forget, the Irish voted against ratifying one of the European Union's agreements and then the EU forced them into a second vote where the agreement was ratified. Remember the rule of law when it comes to God's plans and man's. Daniel 4 verse 17 this matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones, to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will, and setteth up over it the basest of men. For instance, like him or hate him, Donald Trump has been installed by angelic hands as President of the United States. He has moved the American Embassy to Jerusalem and has recognized it as the legitimate capital of the Jewish people. Like him or hate him, he is doing the Father's will. Even in the Bible, there were times when the kings of the earth struggled against the angels and the will of God. Consider the testimony of the angel Gabriel in Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the king of Persia. Gabriel had to get help from Michael the chief prince of the angels, because the king of Persia, Cyrus at the time, withstood him for a three-week period. However, Cyrus eventually yielded to the angelic hand as is recorded in 2 Chronicles 36, verse 23, where we read, Thus saith Cyrus king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth hath the Lord God of heaven given me, and hath charged me to build him an house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. 
Who is there among you of all his people? The Lord his God be with him, and let him go up. Now a similar statement is recorded in the Cyrus Cylinder. So the angels are at work in the nations bringing about his will. Even if a second referendum happens, we know the eventual destiny of Britain. Now the scripture depicts an alliance between Sheba and Dedan and the emergence of Tarshish with all the young lions in Ezekiel 38 verse 13. We've already seen America's response to the slaying of the Turkish journalists and how the USA is not willing to sacrifice its relationship with the Saudi Arabians over this issue. In the same interview mentioned earlier, Farage pointed out the benefits Brexit would have between Britain and USA relationships. Firstly, um, President Trump is a believer in Brexit because President Trump believes in nation states. He believes in democracy, not in global bureaucracy. So he's always wanted Brexit to happen. And I think it's no great secret uh, that he feels that Mrs. May's negotiating position, frankly, has been pretty weak Mm -hmm. from day one. Second point is one of the things Trump always wanted to do from day one is to show the world that because he believes in America first, because he believes that some trade relationships around the world are unfair, doesn't mean he wants to close America off from the rest of the world. He's for trade deals if it's with countries that don't undercut, countries that have equivalents. And here's the problem. Mrs May's deal ties us into what's called the customs union, ties us in to all of the European Union's rules on external tariffs and all the rest of it, and effectively means we will not be able to negotiate a free trade deal with America for many, many years to come. And I think Trump, and yes, I did did speak to him about it, Mm -hmm. and basically, this is a big, lost opportunity for the both of us. Do you know America is the biggest investor in the UK, the biggest overseas investor, and we are the biggest investor from overseas in the the USA. There is a wonderful relationship between our countries that could get even better. So rather than end in disaster, although there may be a period of adjustment, the end result would be stronger ties between the UK and the USA, which is the picture painted by the Bible. Now the scripture reality is that the divergent roles of Britain and Europe mean hostilities must grow between the two. This is what is developing out of Britain's divorce with the European Union. In the recent G20 summit in Argentina, the EU president offered two options, the current deal or no Brexit at all. The European Union has just agreed an orderly divorce with the United Kingdom. A few days before the vote in the House of Commons, it is becoming more and more clear that this deal is the best possible, in fact, the only possible one. If this deal is rejected in the Commons, we are left with as was already stressed a few weeks ago by Prime Minister May, an alternative. No deal or no Brexit at all. When May solicited the EU for concessions following the pending rejection of the deal, the EU refused. She has since pushed the vote out till January 16, admitting she could not get it passed in the House of Commons. A hostile relationship is developing between EU and Britain. Farage was asked about this. And so you said that the EU is, is basically starting a cold war with the United States. What, what did you mean by that? Well, effectively, yes, I think that's right. I think that um, in, in two ways. Firstly, in terms of trade, uh, they just don't want to budge an inch. Right. You, you, you know, you charge 2.5% on BMWs coming in here, but they charge 10% on your cars. And hey, that's just not a fair deal. More than that, deeper than that, and more worrying than that, is, you know, NATO, whatever its imperfections, NATO has been there since the 1940s. Uh, the USA is the absolute 
key player. But the second key player is, is the UK. And between us, we've, you know, we've had this alliance going for nearly 75 years. Now what the European Union want to do is build their own army. Now, they say it'll be complementary to NATO, but in reality, in reality, kind of what they're saying is we don't like America, we don't like Trump, uh, we're trying to break down all these things that have existed for so long. And it, 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 frankly, um, it is a, an act of the most extraordinary ingratitude. You know, I've said in the European Parliament in the last few months that maybe what we ought to do is say to ourselves, if it wasn't for America, we'd all be speaking German yeah. and we wouldn't be free countries. So it's, it's, it's a very odd psychological attitude that the EU has to America. And yeah, we're in a, you know, we are in a new Cold War. So in the tumultuous heaving of the sea and the waves, let us not lose sight of the course the finger of God has set out for Britain and Europe. In order for the nations of Europe to participate in Ezekiel 38, they must be militarized. The participation of Britain in the EU has blocked the militarization of Europe and specifically a European army from the beginning. With Britain out of the way, the EU has forged ahead to make this a reality, clearing the way for them to live up to the scriptural requirement in Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 4, of an army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Britain will leave the European Union. It may not be an easy extraction. It might be quite violent, and the British company has even gone so far as to put 3,500 troops on standby to support the government, as Gavin Williamson, the Secretary of Defence, stated in the House of Commons this week. But what we are doing is putting contingency plans in place, and what we will do is have 3,500 service personnel held at readiness, including regulars and reserves, in order to support any government department on any contingencies they may need. It may be a rough ride for Britain over the next year or so, but the finger of God has indicated a course that must be pursued by the leaders of the UK, whether they like it or not. Circumstances will arise that will force their hand into fulfilling the Father's will. As Bible students, what we eagerly look for is a change of government, not just in Britain, but worldwide. There will be a meltdown in the world order and world governments, but ultimately, this will pave the way for the creation of the kingdom of God on earth. As you read in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 11 to 14, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation or lifestyle and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, the political heavens, being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens, a new government, and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Therefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. The exhortation to us is to prepare ourselves for the time when the roaring of the sea and the waves will be replaced with the tranquility of the reign of Christ, where righteousness will be the order of the day. For the Bible in the News, this has been Jonathan Bowen joining you.